It was January 1975 when I flew into Fairbanks, Alaska. I was 23 years old and I was fresh out of physical therapy school taking my first job treating outpatient injuries from the pipeline. And what I walked into was a boomtown. Fairbanks grew from 15,000 to 60,000 people three months just before I came. And there was literally no place to stay. People were staying in heated sheds and even chicken coops trying to wait out and get a job and the big money on the pipeline. And the only reason that my girlfriend Sharon and I got a place to stay was the fact that the doc we worked with was treating the woman that owned the whole city block right across the street with a couple apartment houses on it. And he told her, if you don't give these girls a place to stay, I'm not going to treat you anymore. <laughs> she, wasn't, she wasn't happy about that. And her name was B. Steen. And the rumor was that she was the former madam of Fairbanks, that she ran a boarding house with benefits. And that's how she'd gotten all her money. When we met B, we didn't believe it at all. We thought Doc was just teasing us because she was this heavy-set woman with swollen ankles, hair, gray hair back in a bun, married to a kind of quiet guy. But uh, she was tough. And she said, uh, you know, girls, I live in that penthouse apartment up there. I can see everything you do, and you're not going to get away with a thing. And she said, by the way, no one's ever gotten their deposit back from me, ever. No one can pass my white glove test. And then she slammed the door. That was our introduction. <laughs> well, within a week, she summoned us up to the penthouse apartment. And Sharon and I went, oh, no, what have we done wrong already? So we get up to her apartment. She opens the door and says, oh, it's you. Oh, come in. Sits us in these big, overstuffed lounge chairs and was kind of uh, upset with us because we didn't take all the candy she kept passing us in all these candy bowls. And finally she said, well, what is it? Where are you girls from? And so we told her we were Midwest Iowa farm girls. They were grown up in small towns and went to the university just 80 miles away. And you know, Sharon and I had grown up in the culture that you don't get into, do anything to embarrass your family, that you do what you're told and you respect your elders. I could see somewhere along the line, I could see B made this decision, and she just stood up, and she said, you girls come with me. You're just too damn nice. <laughs> and I had never been accused of that before. So she took us back to what I can only describe as a boudoir. I remember walking in, it was like peach, kind of satin-colored wall coverings, and there was a, this big four-poster bed with silk and ribbons and lace and brocade pillows and this white rug. And before I could take this all in, she goes, yeah, girls, and, and look at that. So we look up to see this photo of this very shapely, beautiful woman, naked, looking over her shoulder at the camera, long hair coming down. And she says, that was me in my day. <laughs> and Sharon and I looked at each other and went, it's true. The rumor is true. <laughs> she was the madam of Fairbanks and one of the girls. And before we could uh, quite take that all in, she started, I know she wanted to shock us some more, she opened up the drawers on this little chest of drawers and started taking out exotic lingerie and just kind of dangling them in front of us and then <laughs> dropping them on the floor. <laughs> but then she brought out the package that was wrapped in white tissue paper and slowly unwrapped it and says, do you know what these are? Sharon and I didn't have a clue. She goes, you don't, do you? They're tassels. <laughs> well, Sharon and I knew what corn tassels were, but... <laughs>
We had no idea what she was talking about. And she said, well, girls, in my day, we didn't have those nice little tea parties where you sat around and drank tea out of the bone china. We drank whiskey. And all my girlfriends came over. You put them right here, girls, and then you get them swinging. <laughs> Any notions of my Midwest propriety just went swinging in the breeze with that. And suddenly our interview was over and she escorted us to the door and she said, now girls, you're going to the Floridor show this weekend. I'm gonna get you tickets. It's an annual uh, charity event by the Ox Club and you'll be there. And of course we were. So we walk in and we sit down at the table she's reserved for us. And I literally, within five seconds, I think there was 10 free drinks on our table. And we looked up to see that that 10 to one ratio wasn't exaggerated. The show itself was great comedy acts, just all raunchy and body. But the last one, the finale, was when these three very overweight women dressed only in flesh-colored bodysuits came out and with these sequined roses in all the right places. And they were dancing provocatively, and I might say quite professionally, to the music. <laughs> and sure enough, the one on the right was our landlady, B. You know, we, uh, we never were invited to the penthouse again. She never even talked about that day. And Sharon and I were like, what was that all about? But I'm sure she wanted to shock us and had fun with that. But I also think that she really saw these two naive, single Iowa farm girls and said, man, I need to give them an education. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to make it in Fairbanks, Alaska. And you know, I thank her for that because the next two years in Fairbanks were tough and gritty. You know, we had our purses nabbed a couple times, our car stolen, bullet holes through our window. We had our phone tapped because we had a jealous girlfriend. And we even had our patients coming with guards because the mafia were after them. So I have to thank her for the education that she did give us. You know, the last time that I saw B was when I was leaving town. We'd given up the apartment and guess what? We got our deposit back, by the way. Iowa girls know how to clean. <laughs> and, uh, but she'd given us too much money back. And so I ran up to the penthouse with the excess and I gave it to her. She grabbed it and she said, it's a damn good thing you gave this back because I would have figured it out and I would have had the troopers stop you before you got to the border. <laughs> no thank you, no like goodbye, nice to see you. <laughs> you know? But you know what B taught me and what, what her, the first person who ever said, you know, and taught me that it's good to just be who you are with no apologies. And once you've got that, you might as well flaunt it.